everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply and logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, J.P. Wiggins, who's co-founder and vice president of logistics at 3GTMS. And today we're going to talk about how to use transportation technology to minimize disruptions. Now, even in, you know, quote unquote, normal times, you know, transportation professionals have their hands full, you know, trying to deal with all sorts of exceptions and, and disruptions. And the, uh, the current COVID-19 pandemic is just making those challenges even you know, more so, just magnifying those challenges. Um, you know, so in reality, there's only there's one thing that's for sure is that the transportation market, the transportation environment is going to continue to change and evolve in the weeks and months and years ahead. And transportation professionals are going to have to uh, respond to those changes uh, in smart and efficient ways. So, um, you know, what are some of the capabilities that, you know, leading companies are, are, are going to need to separate themselves from the, uh, from the rest? And how can technology such as transportation management systems help in that effort? Well, those are the key questions we're going to address in today's episode. And it's great to have JP back on the program to share great. his insights and perspective on this topic. So, uh, JP, welcome back. Yeah, welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me on again. So, it's appreciate the honor. You know, it's been, uh, since the last time you were on, we can almost say the world has been completely, you know, turned around, obviously, with everything going on over the past, you know, five or so months with the, with the pandemic here. And, uh, and that, that, you know, applies to the transportation market as well, right? The, the transportation environment today is different than it was six months ago, and it will certainly be different, like I said, uh, you know, six months from now. So I guess that's a way to get started. I mean, based on your conversations with clients, I mean, you work with a lot of 3PLs and a lot of shippers as well. I mean, how would you characterize the current transportation market right now? And, and what's top of mind for transportation executives today? You know, it's like we date ourselves sometimes, but uh, there's always been disruption events that happen in transportation and the logistics throughout our histories. And since you and I have been talking in the past decades, I mean, remember there was a revolution of client server that came out and then there was this thing called the Internet that came out. And, uh, you know, we've had other disruption events that have happened, you know, throughout their, our history, whether they've been technology advances or others. So in many ways, I kind of look at COVID it's, it's kind of like it's a disruption event that happened. We can't control it. It's out there. The genie is out of the bottle. Um, you know, from, from our side, from our customer base, and we sell a lot to shippers and 3PLs, a lot of LSP types of clients and shipper clients. And you know, some of them, it's really, I'll be honest to say, it's business as normal, though. Um, you know, they're moving freight. I mean, freight volumes are changing, um, you know, but you got to look at the individual industries that's happening right now. So our automotive clients, you know, for the first couple of months, they literally dropped off the face of the earth uh, versus our food clients. They you know, you saw what was happening in food and shipping toilet paper and, uh, you know, necessary staples and stuff. Those orders went crazy. Um, so you see a lot of disruptions as it relates to COVID, but in many ways, that's kind of what we do is we deal with disruptions as logisticians and transportation professionals. You know, uh, you know, we're a software provider. So, you know, the disruptions related to it are things that you have to be able to deal with it from on your software platform. Being able to, you know, one of my carrier capacities are, you know, if, if, who, <laughs> Who's going to say that carrier capacities are going to remain constant? Uh, there's never, that's, you know, there's never been a year that I've been able to say that. Like last year, carrier capacities remained constant. No, that never happens. And, and maybe it's a little bit more now, but um, we were seeing before COVID, we were seeing a shrink of capacity on the truckload side. Uh, now we're seeing a little bit of volume drop as far as capacity. So maybe those two kinds of things have leveled themselves out. Capacity is all over the board, but I kind of think it's been all over the board past couple of years, this is just kind of one of those catalyst things that kind of kicked it into high gear. So I, I don't know. I'm going to say disruption is normal. That seems to be what we have to deal with. This, this is just something else that's uh, kind of hit us, hit us square in the head, right? 
I think I think that's the I'm going to steal that line. Disruption is normal for for transportation executives. I, I, absolutely right. I mean, I think when you've been around the industry for as long as both of us have. I mean, I'm going on 20 plus years now. I mean, you remember even in different modes or you know the the West Coast port strike. Yeah. You know, and and that was a huge disruption, particularly you know for imports and holiday season and everything else. I think it was like a 10 day strike, but that had a huge you know ripple effect that logisticians, supply chain professionals had to you know deal with. Now, obviously, that was a relatively short term type of disruption, but it had a big, you know, big impact. And then even more recently, 2018, I mean, that was the year that I, I tell folks, that was the year that CFOs and CEOs really uh, started paying attention to transportation because all their transportation budgets, you know, were busted and they saw 20 plus percent increases in their transportation spend because of, to your point, the, the very tight capacity uh, constraints that, you know, just about every company was dealing with in 2018. So again, I think you're right. I mean, I think, you know, for some companies, uh, um, it, I think generally speaking, the pandemic has been either feast or famine, right? Either either production had completely shut down and you saw your volumes decrease and, and all activity disappear for a number of weeks, or, you know, demand went through the roof, as in the case of, of the food. But, you know, if you've been around this industry for a long time, particularly in transportation, uh, like I said, you know, this is part of you know, your calling and part of what you're uh, been trained to do and, and, and part of your expertise is in dealing with these types of uh, these types of situations. So I guess to build off of that, I mean, and kind of moving forward then, I mean, how would you complete the sentence? You know, moving forward, successful transportation organizations will have the ability to do what? You know, in other words, what, what capabilities will, will separate the leaders from the laggards in the months and years ahead? You know, I, I, I answer with a one word answer and I think it's flexibility. Uh, being able to be quickly flexible. You can't wait on your software vendor to rewrite your business functions. Like our fulfillment strategies for a lot of these niche industries have gone completely upside down at this point. Um, you know, with the rise of e-commerce, e-commerce was kind of growing real quickly, but all of a sudden COVID, we're seeing clients that have 80 some percent plus, if not multiple three digit percentage growth in parcel moves right now. So, you know, being flexible, being able to move, being able to swap, well, I don't have truckload carriers, let me move to LTL, or maybe look at pool distribution, or let me look at intermodal. Uh, you know, being flexible and being able to do on your own. Self-service flexibility is kind of the big key that I, I kind of look forward. And like we're talking about parcel, I, I think you get, you know, you guys know we've, you know, we've merged with PaceJet, which is a parcel provider. And, you know, they're, they're integrated heart of the ERP suite, but at its heart, they're a multi-carrier shipping system. So, there were so many of these shippers out there that were just like using the free software from FedEx and UPS, but all of a sudden now their volumes are gone skyrocket and they, you know, they've outgrown that free software and they need to be able to, well, should it be FedEx today? Should it be UPS tomorrow? What about DHL and what about some of the local providers and having a on the floor system or just being able to calculate that in your transportation plan function is, this is a big piece. So, you know, you gotta be flexible because one day your rates may be this way, one way your way may, may make it, you know, maybe something differently. And, and we're seeing, dynamic rates. That seems to be the big thing. And I know maybe we'll talk about this in some of the later questions, but we're seeing carriers want to be able to provide rates to you dynamically, almost like on a per quote basis. And that's for all modes. I mean, it's common in brokerage. It's, it's almost, that's the mode of, modus operandi MO for brokerage. But even in truckload, you're starting to see a lot more quote. LTL carriers want to do it. They're doing it now for volume LTL, but they, I got carriers that are talking to me about, well, how do we set up real-time quotes? I want to be able to rate shop. I want to be able to dynamically provide rates to my customers and parcels kind of the same. Their rates are fluctuating all over the board. So 
you know, you, you can't do this automated anymore. You, you have to be flexible and you have to be able to be smart. And that's, that's kind of what we, you know, we say use technology as your lever there. You know, let technology take care of this rate shopping, let it automatically give you decisions, let it automatically meet the criteria so that you can be responsive. And, and you got to be able to move on a, on a dime's notice. You got to be able to move, you, know, you got to change. So. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's great. I mean, I think flexibility is something I've been hearing a lot of as well too. And I think those companies that, you know, were able to weather these disruptions the best, uh, well, the ones that were, were able, had that flexibility were able to turn relatively quickly. Either they adopted completely new business models, right? You know, and, and then set up supply chains to kind of quickly uh, um, uh, start working in that new mode. Or, you know, in the case of retailers, you, you know, you saw many of them all, all of a sudden stand up, you know, ship from store operations that they didn't mm -hmm. have, you know, they were slowly working to develop, but all of a sudden they said, you know, this is now becoming, you know, the, the main mode. If we're going to keep our stores closed, we have a lot of inventory in these stores. Let's do, you know, uh, a ship from store or buy online, pick up at store. And, and, and that became kind of an, an example of those companies, those retailers are able to stand that up quickly. And then obviously that had a big, big input on the uh, uh, on the parcel side, right? So we've seen, yep. the, uh, like you said, I, I think just in the past couple of weeks, we've seen both UPS and FedEx uh, significantly increase their rates or talk about surcharges that they're going to be adding, you know, for the upcoming holiday season. So that's something now that, uh, you know, all shippers need to take into consideration as they're looking at the different mode options, the different rate uh, considerations, you know, as they're trying to, as always, trying to manage and control their you know, that the transportation. Spend. Oh yeah. You gotta be real time. like on that real time pricing, we we're just talking about on the parcel side, you know, UPS and FedEx, they're changing your rates. Well, if you're dealing with a system that's like on-prem and you've got loaded rates into a rating system, Oh, you're going to, you're going to have a hard time. You got to maintenance those rates. Otherwise you're making some very costly choices. We're doing everything over API now. So it's hundred percent API, hundred percent rating, hundred percent real time. So that the rate that you get UPS and FedEx are phenomenal about this. That rate, if you're, if your dimensions and weight were correct, that's what you're going to pay. There's, Freight auditing is no longer exists in, in the in the partial world almost of the rate itself. You audit other things, but you don't audit the rate because they're just so good at it. But you got to be dynamic because those rates are changing, and if your system hasn't kept up because you're uh, you're not getting those dynamic rates, then you may be making incorrect decisions that are add up a lot very quickly. So right, right. So so you just touched upon something that was going to be my next question. I mean, certainly you know we we talked about the the ability to prevent disruptions and in, in, in moving product. Or, even, or just minimizing the impact and duration of those those disruptions will, will be a critical you know capability. We talked about flexibility. I mean, how can technology, particularly transportation management systems, you know, help in this area? You know, um, we're doing more and more with less, and 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 that's that's a big piece. Um, with the transportation management systems, you know, you, you get to a point where, well, do us the shipper need a TMS or should I use a three PL? And, and that's a great question they get asked a lot of times. And maybe it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great topic to have another discussion on on itself. It stands, it stands like it's almost worth writing a white paper on. But I, I kind of tell the shippers that are coming to us and looking to buy our software, well, how much do you need versus how much can you get from your 3PL? Because a lot of times if you are having to use a 3PL because of the way they have rate negotiations and they have services that you like, then maybe you can get the technology from their TMS as a way, almost as a throw-in for them doing the services for you. Versus if uh, a lot of times we see shippers that the fulfillment of the product is much more required. So you don't just buy a product, you buy the whole fulfillment of the organization. This is real common in food, for example. You buy not just the food, but you buy the fulfillment of the food, the actual delivery to the distribution centers and the on-time and everything related to that whole supply chain. 
So that's where it's much more important. You probably don't want to turn that control over as repeal. So you know, the TMS is there to make sure that you're, you're taking care of your customers, that you're able to be flexible. We'll probably say this five or six more times to be flexible in the changing COVID environment because carriers are changing, modes are changing, uh, you know, needs are changing, order quantities are changing. You know, you got cost outs, you got, you know, stock outs in your warehouse, you got all kinds of troubles and disruptions that you're dealing with. So that's what the TMS does is it's kind of sits in the middle between you and those boundary systems, you know, whether it's your warehouse systems, whether it's the carriers, whether it's your vendors or suppliers, um, and even your customers to kind of making sure that, you know, everything's moving on time. And if it's not, and if there's problems that everybody knows what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, I think we, we, we talked about this in the, in the past and you brought it up uh, earlier. I mean, I think from a t purely technology standpoint, if you're talking about flexibility and you're talking about perhaps standing up new supply chains or new distribution channels or using different modes that maybe you haven't used before or different carriers that you haven't used before. I think this whole area of integration and connectivity becomes critically important. So I think, you know, obviously the rise of APIs and the use of that, I think it's becoming more, you know, critically important to enable that flexibility and, and to enable that trading partner connectivity. I, I mean, do you see that as well? I mean, do you see APIs, do you see connectivity, do you see the ability to connect, um, you know, with, with different carriers, with different trading partners uh, in a much more flexible, fast uh, approach than perhaps was the case 15, 20 years ago? Yeah, I mean, flexible is not the word I would use. I would use turnkey here. Uh, and that's what people want. People are looking for, I need a turnkey. I just don't want to think about it. I just want to automatically connect. I want to have a platform that lets me automatically connect to like my FedEx carriers, my UPS, my DHL. Uh, I want to automatically be able to talk to my LTL carriers. I don't want it to be a project. I just want it to work. I want it to be turnkey. Uh, most of the time when you're dealing with known entities like carriers and service providers, you know what you're going to pass. You're going to want a tender, you're going to acknowledgement, you want to share some tracking information, and then you want to start getting some proof of delivery, you know, accounting, billing information back. So it's, it's kind of known, and we've been sending that data back and forth for 30 some years. Oh, first over EDI, now we're doing it over API. API gives us a lot more flexibility because like we can send billing documents and get proof of delivery and get snapshots of signatures and things like that and be flexible in those types of environments. So, but you know, the connectivity layer is, is, is bread and butter because you know, TMSs have always sat outside of the four walls of the company. If you think about it, most business systems you buy sit within the four walls of your company. They're your order management, uh, your, you know, ERP, your accounting, your TMS system has to be, has to deal with your customers. It has to deal with your vendors, like your carriers. It has to deal with your suppliers and, and other third parties. So it's, it's, it's always been like a boundary system that has to communicate across so many different areas and different levels and then translate and make up data. And that's really what we do is we have to put intelligence on it because the data is never clean. Uh, people are always missing delivery windows. Uh, they don't even know what their delivery windows are. They don't know what commodities are, freight classes, and you're making stuff up. And so you got you to have some intelligence going on there. So you can't just say, well, I'm going to hook two systems up together. That's the easiest thing. It's what do you do when the data is bad and how do you make up data that you don't have? So that's the kind of things that we deal with. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a great point. I mean, I think always, you know, the, uh, uh, sometimes the Achilles heel or the key constraint is data quality. And, and that's yeah. something that is, uh, you know, if, if you're not paying attention to that, uh, you know, none of this other, you know, uh, sophisticated, sexy stuff that we talk about will, will work, right? So you, you really have to focus on that fundamental aspect of it. Um, you know, one of the things I always like to say is that, uh, you know, there's always something new to talk about in TMS. I mean, I've been writing and doing white papers and doing webcasts and, and everything else on, on transportation management systems for, for 20 plus years. And, and while a lot of the 
uh, I would say fundamental stuff has remained the same. Um, there's always something new, you know, going on because there's always, uh, you know, as the transportation environment and as customer requirements change, you need continuous innovation in, in, in TMS to keep up with these new requirements. And obviously just as new technology comes to the market, you know, providers such as yourselves, they want to be able to, you know, leverage the latest and greatest capabilities that are out there, whether it's mobile, whether it's APIs and so forth. So, I mean, what's new today from a, from a TMS standpoint and what will we be talking about, let's say a year or two years from now? You know, that we're seeing the trends we're seeing from the market. These are customers and prospects coming to us. There's two, dig, two trends and they're actually directly opposite of each other. And the first trend that we're seeing is, it's the easiest one, it's simplification, which is I want to solve a specific problem. I want to solve it for a specific business unit and I want it simple and I want it turnkey and I want it quick. And we're talking quick is in the matter of, I want to buy from you in the first of the month and have it live at the bottom of the month kind of thing. And that's, you know, with all my integration, all my setup and all my rates and doing all my good stuff. So, but that's doing your classic tier one TMS type of functionality where you're managing modes and carriers and doing the selections and paying for people, things like that. Now, um, and that's, that's, that also is opening up newer markets. So maybe smaller down on the, the shipper side. So if I was a shipper who didn't think I should have these types of advanced functionality before, well, now it's a lot more simpler and easier to put in. Um, so that's the one side we're seeing. And then we're also seeing the other side of the equation. And this is your, uh, maybe it's your higher end 3PL or your higher end shipper. Um, who's trying to do some very complex things. So we're seeing the complexities going crazy, doing things with uh, things that we've only talked about decades ago, where I got backhauls happening and maybe I can pick up, I can do pickups while I'm in transit. I can do pickup and delivery. Let me do, let me manage my pool optimization and mix it in with my other modes. Let me put it on intermodal and ship it with rail. And then uh, when it gets to the destination, have it go to an LPL carrier. And then yeah, just doing some really crazy advanced things in logistics. So it's like, getting really complex. So, you know, we're seeing two real big pushes out. So, you know, our vision on this is, well, let's go ahead and, you know, we're, we're working on making it more simple. And so is all the other vendors, but simpler and simpler and simpler. But then let's use the same platform so that we can, as they grow and get more complex, we see them that we can handle their needs from the early life cycles to their later life cycles where they might, you know, and that way they don't have to change software or change platforms because, Changing platforms is really tough. I mean, changing a TMS can be a difficult because you grow onto a system. Once you buy a system, you grow on it. But if the system will grow with you as your needs and changes grow, that's, that's kind of what we're working to. So it's, so in summary, to answer the questions, like I said, the simplistic, we're seeing a lot more simple and a lot of demand for more simple. Uh, I want it simple. I want it easy. I want to solve this. I know what I want to solve and I want it to just work um, versus, uh, you know, the other side, which is I've got these really uh, complicated things that we've never thought of kind of solutions. So. You know, as part of the, um, you know, the, the, the simplification theme, um, you know, one of the things I see, and I think it's, it's been happening now for a few years, but I think it's certainly part of that is, you know, looking at, you know, uh, focusing on the user experience or the user interface, mm -hmm. right? So making it, uh, you know, bringing in some of the best practices, if you will, from consumer applications, you know, social media, you know, that, that look and feel that, that we have on the consumer realm, but bringing some of that to some of these enterprise applications like, you know, TMS. I mean, are yeah. you seeing that as well in terms of, of well, looking at the UI, UX as part of that? Yeah, um, and it's, we're taking solution. a little different approach there. We're taking, we take a dual approach here also. We look at our user and there's, there's two types of users. We have 
the, the classic user, let's say I'm a route planner, I'm managing trucks, and I have a very sophisticated job. I'm going to be doing a lot of complex things. I'm going to be executing tendering, waterfall tendering, backhauls. I'm doing all kinds of stuff. That's a very specific function. And what we want to be able to do is make that role for them very, very flexible and very, very powerful for them. Now, that's something that we train them how to use that screen. That's a, that's a person that's going to live and die on that screen for maybe six, eight hours a day. So they get good at it, all right? Versus there's a, a separate type of user, which is this is an untrained, unsophisticated user. I'm sorry, not unsophisticated, but an untrained user, maybe a casual user that just hits a screen maybe once or twice a week or maybe once or twice a month or first time ever. Like if you're giving a vendor portal or a customer portal, you're not going to train them. You can't train them. So you have to have a two totally different mindsets on how your look and feel should be. One is it's got to be that more of that social media you were talking about, more of that simple, easy, intuitive type of design that just works that you can just sit down and use versus the, the, the complex user that, you know, if you're in something, you want it to look and feel. So I, I kind of like, I use the analogy of, well, if I'm using a calculator to add something up, I can add two plus two on my calculator very quick and I don't need to do that. But yet if I go to Excel and I try to add two plus two, you can do it, but you know, you got to know how to use Excel. But if you use Excel every day, you can do things that are just dynamite. So it's the same with the TMS in many ways. So that's, we're kind of catering to two user groups there. Right. No, that's a good point. Cause I mean, you do yeah. have the, the power user, like you said that, you know, mm -hmm. they, they, that, that's where they spend you know, 90% of their day and, and they're looking for that, you know, rich, sophisticated capabilities. Uh, whereas, you know, you have these more, uh, you know, what you're providing. I mean, I think one of the cool things that we've seen over the past 20 years is that TMS is no longer just used by a handful of people in the transportation department. It is used by literally almost thousands of people, right? You can have customers accessing data or accessing the TMS. You can have vendors, you can have carriers, all sorts of different, um, you know, external trading partners that can access the system. But being able to provide them with a user interface that makes sense for them, and, and particularly when you're talking about the, the, the multitudes that are not the power users, making it easy, intuitive, giving them exactly the information that they're looking for with minimal or no training, I think is, like you said, it's probably a direction that, uh, you know, we're seeing the industry move in. Um, so JP, just as a way to wrap up then, I mean, um, you know, we covered a lot of ground here. But, um, you know, as a way to kind of give people something to think about, I mean, what questions should, you know, transportation executives ask themselves to assess whether they're ahead of the curve or behind it when it comes to being able to successfully navigate whatever changes lie ahead? You know, uh, I think I'm a technology guy, so I got to say you got to really look at how modern is your tech stack? How modern is the technology you're looking at? And just a just, just stupid analogy I wanted to bring up here, stupid, uh, not stupid, but it's kind of funny is, Prior to when we started 3G TMS, we started it about seven years ago now, when we were first out selling our first commercial software, one of the biggest things people were worried about was that we're all cloud, we're 100% cloud, so you have to have the internet. And they're like, well, what happens when the internet goes down? How am I going to access your system? All right. And we literally had to sell versions of our software on-prem to those people that totally didn't believe in the internet at this point. Now we're calling those same clients back going, what are you going to do when you can't go into your office to run your software? All right. <laughs> you know, so, you know, that's a type of technology disruption that happens all the time. You know, it just, it's, you know, it happens to us in transportation. Those disruptions happen all the time. Who would have thought that you couldn't go into your office? All right. I mean, really. All right. I mean, I know how secure internet is and I know the cloud is. And if our, you can't access my software in the cloud, there's a bigger problem with the planet earth. You're not going to be worried about transporting things. All right. Because of the way it's so redundant right now. 
But, you know, that just goes to show we can't predict what the future is going to be. So, but you got to have a modern, flexible tech stack. you got to be able to respond to these changes as they come at you. So, like we started the conversation, you know, in many ways for, for our customer base, it is business as normal. I mean, for all their offices, they literally handed most of our clients, if they handed their employees laptops and said, work from home. And it just, our software doesn't care. I mean, it's all AWS hosted. It doesn't really care where they run it from. So it's literally without a hitch. And then the phone started ringing for people that couldn't get access to their on-site systems. So, you know, in many ways, that's why you got to say, you got to be modern, you got to be flexible. And so that's how you got to look at it. I mean, how did you handle this? How did you got to look at your own tech stack? How well did it recover? How well did it work during this past six months? Um, this is just another case of a disruption. We're going to hit more and more. And as the world gets more faster and more leaner, um, you know, we're going to, you know, disruption is the norm, I guess. Right. So we'll start the conversation where we end, left, end it where uh, we started it. Right. Uh, absolutely. We've come full circle. And uh, so disruption is the norm and flexibility is the way to, you know, uh, uh, succeed moving forward here. Well, JP, as always, uh, you know, we, we managed to scratch the surface on this topic. We covered a lot of ground and you provided some great insights and advice on this topic. So again, thank you for making the time to be with us. Great. Honor. Thank you. I want to thank those of you that watched. Uh, if you got a question or a comment for JP and you're watching this episode on demand, uh, you can post it either at the 3G TMS website or on Talking Logistics. And I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for watching and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.